Hello, everybody, and welcome to Unsheltered. Thank you for tuning into episode two of this podcast. I'm excited to get into it. And if you're just now joining us, a little bit of disclaimer, uh, just kind of a preface to this whole thing. I was sheltered as a child, so I did not see a lot of the movies that people love. And so with that, I have now decided now that I'm 22, I'm going to delve into the deep end of the pool and review a ton of movies that are supposed to be must-watch movies and cultural staples, if you will. Um, So yeah, with that, this movie that we're watching today is, or sorry, not watching it, I've already watched it. The Princess Bride is the movie that I'm reviewing today. It came out in 1987, uh, a good, what, 12 years before I was born. That probably made you, a lot of you feel really old. So, starting out, uh, just some preface, uh, again, some more preface, but this is pertaining to the movie, of course. I didn't watch it because I just didn't. Uh, This movie was actually a movie that my sisters had seen a ton of my father has loved for many years it was a movie that we owned and that we were allowed to watch but i just never dove headfirst into it i was allowed to of course uh i had also caught various glimpses just living because you know it's such a quote-unquote cultural staple at least in like the nerd scene Um, Not that anybody who watches this is a nerd, but, you know, just like certain uh, meme pages and various other things have used clips and or uh, meme formats with, you know, characters and other things from this movie. And various references have been made from this movie as well. But I have never actually sat down and watched it. So now that I'm done confessing my sins to all of you, let's get into the review. The Princess Bride is basically the classic Save the Princess story at its core, but with some funny twists and add-ons, of course, directed by uh, Ron Rayner, starring Harry Elwes and Robin White, Wright, sorry, and an assortment of others, uh, Andre the Giant, of course, uh, is in this movie as well as a ton of others. It has a 98% on Rotten Tomatoes, which is pretty amazing, uh, but it definitely deserves it. Uh, after giving it a watch, I'm, I am very much agree with that. I honestly wish I had seen it previously, uh, just so I could be, you know, a part of the the culture of, around the movie. You know, it's uh, I was very, you know, not, I just did it. And so all of the references and stuff, I never really caught on to growing up. Uh, it's a very good movie, and I've also heard this, like I said, this is my f- father's favorite movie, uh, so from several adults inside my own, you know, immediate family and beyond, I have heard that this movie is amazing, so granted, I had wished I watched it sooner, I just, I really don't know why I didn't, it really just kind of didn't come across that I should ever we had it. There was a few times where I actually tried to sit down and watch it, but never really got through it. And don't really know why. I was also like 16, 17 at a time and had video games to play. <laughs> uh, other stuff that I wanted to do more. But other than that, I wish I had watched it sooner. So uh, let's get into some general plot. If you haven't seen it, please go see it. 
come back. Uh, spoiler warnings, of course, but again, this movie came out 12 years before I was born. So, with that, spoiler warning. You can watch this movie if you haven't seen it and you really want to. I'm sure if you ask a family member, they might have it on DVD, but I don't know anybody that watches anything on DVDs anymore. So, if you want to watch it, it is on Amazon Prime or, you know, Amazon Video. You can, or you can buy it pretty much anywhere else you get your movies. So, with that, let's get into the general plot of it. It starts out telling the story of Princess Buttercup and Wesley, which, one thing that doesn't really make sense, and unless I'm completely wrong about it, and I didn't really pay attention in the beginning, she isn't a princess. Why Or why, I guess, is the question. Why is she a princess? Is it just so it could be called the Princess Bride? I'm not really sure. She owned a farm because Wesley was the farmhand, right? Like, she owned a farm and maybe some land because Wesley, like, worked that land and he was, you know, lower on the totem pole than her. But I don't necessarily think that makes her a princess. A lord or, I guess, uh, you know, a landlord, a lady even, that, that it makes her one of those... But a princess? I'm not really sure. She didn't have a king father or none that was described at least. Anyways, that's just one stipulation. Her name is Princess Buttercup. Unless I'm completely wrong and completely has... But no, she is called Princess Buttercup. Because in one of the scenes, the the prince of the land calls her Princess Buttercup. So she's Princess Buttercup. But she doesn't have any kingdom. So it's a weird stipulation. Probably just, you know, I don't know. something Something weird about that. And uh, quick disclaimer, uh, just real quick, if you haven't noticed already, I have been sick for the last uh, couple days as of, you know, recording this. So please ignore the voice if you can. If not, don't listen to this episode. (laughs) Better just, you know, take it to that. Anyways, it proceeds on. uh, He says, as you wish, a ton to her, which then turns into I love you and or so it was described in the book. Which, again, it starts off with a grandfather reading a his grandson a book about this said story. Which is okay. It makes for some comedic moments, I would say, in the story. As in, like, you know, a little boy's kind of uncomfortable with, uh, you know, kissing and such. So, stuff like that is funny. But, you can't really... It was a weird... I feel like it was a weird taste per se for me at least Wesley then goes on to propose to her and then leaves to go make money for the marriage uh, he ends up getting killed or so says or so princess buttercup had found out that he had ended up dying on the seas and then she is told years like 5 years later after sitting in self pity and wallow that she's going to marry the current prince Then, on one of her daily rides, she gets kidnapped by three characters. A short short fellow, who is very bossy, a Spaniard bent on revenge, and a giant who likes to rhyme. A character, after the kidnapping and all that, a character dressed in all black follows them to a cliffside that they have sailed to, and climbs up it, and faces off. Each of the three in various funny ways. Uh, First, the Spaniard in a duel to the death, which 
didn't end up becoming to the death because he just kind of knocked out the Spaniard. A, he choked out uh, the Giant, which is played by Andre the Giant. And the small, shorter fellow, which if I don't exactly know who plays it, I'm currently looking it up. Wallace Shawn is playing Vizzini. And uh, Mandy Paddenkin plays Anigo Montoya, the Spaniard. So yes, after he faces off two of them, uh, he ends up getting in a wits battle with uh, Vizzini, the character played by Wallace Shawn, and ends up winning by putting poison in both goblets, and he was immune to said poison. A few other things, he ends up, you know, re-kidnapping the princess, so you could say, she ends up pushing the character down a hill, and as he says, as you wish, she realized it is actually Wesley that has come to save her. Then she ends up throwing herself down the hill and other such weirdness. The story then continues on to several various different locations where they get into shenanigans. Uh, she, he and Wesley ends up getting captured by said prince. After a sort of stalemate outside of a swamp forest that catches you on fire. And after she says, leave him be, let him go, and you, and I'll marry you, they do so. Un, you know, But they don't. They capture Wesley and take him to a dungeon where they end up torturing him. And other such various things. And what's her uh, Princess Buttercup ends up, you know, is on to then marry the prince. So yes, after she has tried to tell everybody that she is going to, you know, off herself, she then puts an ultimatum that says, send a letter out to Wesley on the ships that he has been at to come and rescue me. And if he doesn't, then I'll take your hand. But if he does, so-and-so happens. So, uh, he of course doesn't because he knows the prince knows exactly where Wesley is in a dungeon somewhere, and so at some point, uh, Anigo Montoya and Andre the Giant's character, which is called Fezic, Anigo Montoya and Fezic end up saving Wesley at some point, finding out where he's at, finding that he's dead because uh, the prince had killed him uh, through various. Or the prince's servant, sorry, had killed him using a device to do so, stripping the life essence from him. They end up going to some small wizard that ends up making some sort of thing to come, make him come back to life. And uh, then with that, they go on as Wesley is basically paralyzed as they then raid the castle and save the princess, and then ride off into the sunset and have a very nice life. So, uh, yeah, that's the general plot of the movie, please. I know I did not do it the best justice, you could say, in describing so. So, please, that's just a general, a general run-through, basically a quick screenplay, if you will, of the general plot of the movie. Uh, of course, this movie is a comedy, which struck me as weird at first but it plays it nicely so please like of course all the jokes and all that stuff i was not able to get to in the general description so please go watch the movie have fun have a nice laugh and then 
come on back. So, with that, some of my favorite things about the movie. The line that they ride of comedy and seriousness can be a double-edged sword. Or, I guess, a, a sword without a hilt. Because when you are riding that line, it, it can either look so serious, and then the comedy moments, you know, make it look bad. Or it can be so comedic that the serious moments just kind of get brushed off. But this was very amusing to watch in general. Uh, just, you know, this is very interesting to watch in general because they ride that line so well. Whether they did it on purpose or not, uh, it comes off rather well. It makes the jokes and comedic scenes uh, really stand out in them in all like the general, you know, very, not necessarily serious, but like the general kind of tension of a prince saving his princess movie it kind of it definitely makes the jokes and comedic points stand out but it's enough to make it a comedic movie that it doesn't necessarily even come off as serious all the time i don't really know how to explain it when i first started it it seemed very serious and very like you know drama heavy and then the comedy started to slowly trickle in Unlike um, of Monty Python and the Holy Grail, where it's all jokes, this is very this plays a nice line between a viable story and just funny moments in that story. But my overall, I think, favorite scene is that beginning duel, just because it kind of plays that line very well. Like you have Inigo Montoya bent on revenge for his father, but also like saying, "Hey." Are you coming up? Are you close? Are you ready? Do you need help? Such as, you know, Wesley's climbing up the mountain. And so it, it plays that line of, I'm going to kill you because, you know, we're getting paid to. But at the same time, hey, let's do it fast. I don't really feel like being here. I got other stuff to do. Do you need help up so we can get this over with quicker? Then he goes into the whole, you know, I'm Inigo Montoya, you killed my father, prepare to die, sort of thing. The classic phrase that I've heard probably growing up forever. And, you know, it plays that line of, hey, these are really good swordsmen, but, you know, they're funny. And it, it just plays off very comedically. I think it, that scene definitely shows the best of the drama and the comedy side of this movie. The set designs also, oh my gosh, the set designs were incredible. I think overall, I mean, even in that beginning duel, just the set looked amazing. Uh, I'm not sure if they built that or if that was a location they sought out. It just looked amazing. I know probably most of this was shot on location. I would imagine just because of how natural it looks and it's kind of all outside. But even like the castle sets... Those were probably not on location, and just in general, those sets were really good. So, um, extremely, and even like the fire swamp, the swamp forest that catches you on fire, it looked really amazing. Even when he's cutting down the the tree limbs, it looks. It's not like he's pulling them out of the branches. Of course, some of them do, but as he's cutting, it's almost like it's a real sword and he's actually cutting through the vines cutting them down at least and it, it looks it looks really good 
So I definitely think the set designs were absolutely amazing. But there was a few things, of course, with the set designs that I have to kind of go over because I'm not a huge fan of it. But they kind of needed it. When they're jumping off the stuff in the beginning duel, it really... There's parts where you can see the foam pads under the dirt, which they did a great job of disguising that, and they didn't even try to hide that with camera tricks. They had them actually jump and land on them, which they cut quickly away from that. But you could see the foam pads, but it was a good... They actually had covered them in dirt, and that was probably the only thing that... I mean, they need that there for, you know, stunts and stuff. But, you know, you could have done it maybe a little bit better. Maybe. But that's besides the point. The The set designs I really, really enjoyed. And even the locations that they scouted were absolutely amazing. But yeah, so I think definitely the set designs, absolutely immaculate. Firestorm is probably one of my favorite sets in there. Just because it looks so realistic. And even though you can hear the fire coming from like underground, they even kind of tie that into the fire swamp itself which i think is good writing as well the jokes are also very funny uh, the characters absolutely amazing there was no real problem actors wise i don't think pretty much everybody was cast very well so let's get into the stuff that i didn't, didn't necessarily like about the film the adr for instance there was several certain clips that i had noticed Throughout the film, the ADR could have done been done better. And there's various ways to do this. I know, especially, it's really, really, really noticeable in the scene where they just come out of the... Or Wesley just saved Buttercup. And this is where she finds out that it's actually Wesley. And she pushes him down the hill. And he, as he says, as you wish... As he's falling down the hill. That is definitely ADR. Now. Granted. They couldn't actually stick a mic on him. Or have a boom. Over him. As he's rolling down the hill. To actually get that sound. Without sounding bad. But. That's no excuse. To have. Bad AD ADR. You kind of have to sort that stuff out. And make it really good. Now. I'm not sure how the actors were feeling that day. But at the same time. I think the ADR. Could be better throughout the film. There was a various, there was a few scenes that I've noticed that in, and of course the scenes that it didn't was probably pretty good. But also, yeah, some of the ADR clips could have been done better. Now, for those who don't know what ADR is, it basically is an acronym for automated short. Oh, sorry, automated dialogue replacement is what ADR stands for. Uh, basically, it's dialogue recorded in a studio later that is then added to the film during post-production so with that of course it's not going to be the best because it's not on site you don't actually have the distance right you don't have you know the wind and the actual noise of the area around you to actually get recorded with that but at the same time you can't really like you can't really record while he's rolling down a hill so that could have been done better also Andre the Giant's lines needed to be better heard. I don't know if it was just the quality of the film was bad or if his dialogue was just 
it was almost unhearable. At least the version I watched, it was pretty bad. There was various parts where I honestly didn't hear what he had said. And I don't know if it's just because, you know, the, how deep his voice is. And the mics were just like, they couldn't, you know, EQ it correctly for it to be picked up by mics. Or if it was just bad post-production, I don't know. I The version I had watched, you can't really hear it. Also, it's a movie from 1987, and I have noticed with a lot of these movies, the sound quality of them is absolutely sometimes unbearable. But nevertheless, there's good audio in some movies, and so depending on budget, all I'm saying is I couldn't really understand a lot of Andre the Giant's lines just because they were almost, you couldn't really hear them. That's really all I can think of with that, like that sort of stuff. Of course, jokes were funny. Pretty much the whole movie was comedic. Honestly, the entirety of the last, like the last act where Wesley is basically paralyzed from the, you know, neck down and he's having to be carried by Audrey the Giant. Basically, he, they just use his mind to storm the castle because he can't really do much. And even the reveal of him laying on the bed as she comes into the room is pretty funny too, where he's just kind of laying there. And, you know, of course it looks natural, but he's clearly been paralyzed and has had to crawl there. And then of course, you know, with conclusion of characters, whole arcs basically with Anigo Montoya ending up finding his, you know, six fingered arch enemy uh, and defeating him is, is, is good. So yeah, I honestly, I liked this movie a lot. I wish I had seen it sooner. It's pretty funny. It's a good watch. It's clean, uh, family friendly. Of course, some of the stuff uh, will go over some children's heads. Uh, there's not a lot though, but I definitely think it's a family movie. It's it's that thing we've been noticing as millennials and Gen Z, where you know you grow up with this TV show and you hear the joke, and then you're like, oh, that joke was for the parents watching. Because, you know, it's not necessarily dirty. It's not necessarily dirty, but it's definitely a joke that the parents would understand and the kids wouldn't. I believe there was a few in there that I thought was I thought was pretty funny. But it's definitely a good uh, sit down with your family watch. So I would very much suggest if you, you know, have kids, want to watch something as a family, this is a great movie to do so with. So yeah, I think definitely this movie is a great watch for the family. It's not it's not absolutely amazing, but it is pretty good. So I would definitely suggest you go watch it. Uh, watch it with your family. Watch it with your friends. Have fun with it. It's it's good. It's good. If it is in theaters, go take your kids and watch it. It's good. So yeah, that concludes my review of The Princess Bride. Hope you all enjoyed it. Please go see the movie if you have not. And I hope that if you went to go see it earlier that you came back. But yeah, thank you for tuning in to the second episode of Unsheltered. I am I greatly appreciate it. Uh, the next movie we will be reviewing is 300, a Spartan-style movie. And I think I've heard a lot about this movie, or not a lot, but I've heard some of what this movie is and what it pertains to and such like that. So that'll be the next movie we'll be reviewing. But yeah, so thank you all for listening to this podcast i can't say it enough and i better be letting you all go have a great week 
and I will see you next Friday. Bye, guys.